open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host of Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Welcome to uh, the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. This is Trace Mayer. Just some uh, quick housekeeping before we get into this first interview. Uh, I'm rebranding the runagold.com podcast. It's going to be the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. We got a domain for it, bitcoin.can. Would love for everybody to share that with their friends. What I want to accomplish from this podcast is I want to have interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. I want it to be very objective. I want it to be uh, very much something that you can forward to anyone who wants to really start learning about Bitcoin, whether they're new, whether they've been in it for a while. I want it something for everybody. And I want it to be a trusted source for investment professionals, uh, lawyers, accountants, bankers, uh, regulators, lawmakers, uh, I want to be very objective. I want to, you know, just present everything just how it is. No real agenda in that sense. Uh, not going to be recommending services for the most part, even though I'm invested in some. Uh, I just want it to be a great forum for people to learn uh, a lot of that type of stuff. So with that, we're going to start into uh, our first interview. And so we'll start there. Bravo Tango Charlie Kilo, episode 100. Uh, this is your host, Trace Mayer, and we have with us uh, Andy O5. He's a senior developer with Armory Technologies that uh, develops the Bitcoin Armory uh, wallet. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Andy. Thanks, Trace. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, so our topic for this podcast is going to be all about wallets. And this is 101. You know, we're just starting off with the real basics. So like, what is a Bitcoin wallet? Like, how does it work? Well, uh, a Bitcoin wallet is how you organize and protect uh, your Bitcoin keys. That's your public key and your private key. And uh, for those unfamiliar, unfamiliar with Bitcoin, uh, the keys are uh, essentially the key to uh, spending and receiving Bitcoins. Uh, when somebody sends you a Bitcoin, they send it to your public key. So everybody knows your public key, and hopefully only you know your private key. So there is a one-to-one relationship between public and private keys. And... What Bitcoin, one of the effects of Bitcoin is now there is data in the world that is worth money directly. In the past, a hacker would have to take over your computer and do something with it to make money, maybe uh, access your uh, other financial data and take advantage of that in some way. But with Bitcoin, it's now a one-step process. Access your private key, take your money. So it it, uh, actually has... In, increase the amount of uh, uh, potential for hacking computers and has also caused a, a great deal of increase in 
the technology available to protect your data. And uh, one of the uh, manifestations of that is a Bitcoin armory. And we are um, working on many uh, different features and have already quite a few features that are designed specifically to protect your private keys uh, for your uh, Bitcoins that you own. Yeah, so I like how you get like right into where the rubber meets the road. It's all about the private key, right? Like yeah. it, if some like and you have to respect the keys. And at the end of the day, somebody's going to hold those keys or somebody's, whether it's Coinbase or Circle or a bank or you as an individual. Like somebody's going to hold that private key. Uh now when we when we say private key, like that's really just kind of a a string of numbers, right? Well, it really is a number. It's a very large number. When we're talking about private keys, keep in mind, it's just a big number. Uh, in technical terms, it's a 32-byte number. And, well, how big is 32 bytes? Uh, 32 bytes is enough to assign a number to every atom in the universe. That's about how big 32 bytes is. So if... uh you want to visualize what it means to have a private key, uh, you can think of it as, I'm thinking of an atom in the universe. Can you guess the atom that I'm thinking of? And being able to guess that uh, would be really hard. And so that's, that's the security behind, uh, at, the, at the very base level, it's, is having a number large enough to enumerate every atom in the universe and keeping that a secret. And when we're when we're talking about just guessing one of those at random, uh, like that's pretty much impossible given the current right. laws of mathematics and the current laws of computer science and uh, thermodynamics, etc. Like you can't just guess this number, this private key, right? Right, you can't because that's another thing people concern themselves with: is what if what if I have the same private key as somebody else, and really. That's equivalent to saying, well, what if I have thought of the same particular atom in the universe that somebody else thought of? You, would, you, you could try all your life and never have a collision of two atoms in the universe. But, okay, so, well, we're going we're gonna to get back to this, like how those numbers are generated, because we could get a quote-unquote collision, and a collision is where two people have come up with the same number, Right. Yeah, but that can't happen because of the size. Well, it it could happen if well we'll get to it a little bit later, but it could happen yeah. if somebody chose uh to focus on the same atom, for example. Oh, uh, well, yes. If you if you use some sort of if you have poor entropy, yes, then then that could definitely happen. And then that's the key behind entropy. Uh while you do have uh the the numbers involved in your private key are large enough right, uh, to uh, enumerate every atom in the universe, is your method of generating that number going to expand that space? I mean, is it going to expand to fill that space? So if you, uh, say, pick a, a random number, well, certainly uh, somebody else could use the same method that you use to pick the random number and say do it as many times to get all the possible random numbers there are, and then they can put that in a database and try them all. 
And now oh, they'll have a collision with you if you did the same thing they did. So, so let's let's uh, take a, an example of this. Um, there, there's a site called brainwallet.org, and mm-hmm. you can actually download the source code and run it on your own computer. So that's good. Uh, but what brainwallet really kind of touts is that you can create one of these passphrases, uh, and that gets converted into a private key. And right. and so it's very easy to remember. Uh, for right. example, we could use the word cat, uh, C-A-T, and mm-hmm. that that would actually generate a specific number, right? Like a specific private key. Yeah. Well, imagine if you went about, say, get a bunch of people that you know, right, who uh, want to work for minimum wage – and just put them on that website and have them generate bunches and bunches of brain wallets. And then you store each one in a database. And then after you do that, maybe with a few dozen people and they spend, say, a week doing that, you might have a couple of hundred thousand brain wallets in your database. And now you've got a couple of hundred thousand lottery tickets. And you keep checking those against uh, blockchain.info to see if any of these brain wallets have a balance because one of your worker bees might have chosen the same brain wallet as somebody else. And if they did, you get their Bitcoins. Okay, so so like before we, we, we were talking about this before the show and you had an analogy that like uh, stealing Bitcoins is kind of like playing the game Capture the Flag. And, and so the flag is the private key but now right. it appears that that we've got two different ways that like two primarily different ways that we can steal that flag. We can steal that flag with a physical attack. That's where mm-hmm. somebody might like compromise your computer, right? And like steal mm-hmm. your computer, or steal your iPhone and be able to get the private keys that way. But there could also be a purely mental attack vector. Right, and that's where somebody's able to steal your bitcoins because of this entropy attack. Well, right. So that entropy attack basically means I'm going to steal anybody's bitcoins who might want to use the same uh, same method of generating their private key that I'm going to try. Yeah. So, so, and let's give an example of this. So, I was reading the Armory uh, forums on Bitcoin Talk. And somebody had suggested to include this brain wallet feature into Armory, Uh, this specific brain wallet feature. And he provided his own software code. Of course, it was open source, like we could read it and everything. Uh, But the first thing I thought of was, uh, I wonder if this is an attack vector on the entropy. Because if he can convince people to generate their their armory wallets using these uh, using bad entropy, then there could be a potential attack vector there. Uh, and so maybe you can talk a little bit about how we spotted that and didn't include it in armory, how it could have been a potential risk, and how we actually do generate entropy in uh, the Bitcoin armory wallet. Uh, well, first of all, anyone can create their own brain wallet in Armory. We just don't expose it in the user interface. Basically, people are free to do whatever they want with open source code. And 
they can very easily find the correct uh, function call to generate a brain wallet and use it on a command line and do it that way. But we trust anyone that's savvy enough to do that is also savvy enough to understand the risks and to do it correctly. For instance, I use that same feature to generate my private key, but I didn't come up with a bunch of words. Instead, I took a deck of cards and I went through the first 40 cards in the deck and I just wrote down the initials of the name of the card. King of Clubs would be KC. And so I go through uh, 40 cards and I've got about 80 characters. I enter that on the command line and I generate my private key. That has plenty of entropy to cover the entire space of atoms in the universe. So that's a decent technique. Uh, Coming up with some words, not so good because somebody else might come up with the same words and steal your Bitcoin. And um, those people are out there and they're trying to do exactly that. So uh, we hide that feature. And this gentleman came along and he wanted to expose it. He wanted people to know about the beauties of the brain wallet. And um, you <laughs> very cleverly uh, spotted that. I bet he wants to run that attack on people that use that feature. And uh, so really, uh, we discourage that by hiding it from the user interface. And, and also, anytime you've heard uh, the founder of Armory talk, uh, Alan Reiner, if he's talking about uh, private keys and entropy, he's going to warn whoever he's talking to about the dangers of brain wallets and the importance of entropy. And so how do we – so for, for, for a new user to Armory that is running it in the standard mode, so they're not even an advanced or expert, uh, how is Armory generating the entropy for them? And how do we know that that's safe? Well, the, All right. the, that Armory is not going to steal their flag? Uh, well, one way you know it's safe is you can look at the source code. But I understand that for most people, looking at the source code is not an option. Uh, there's uh, experts out there who have looked at the source code, and they're independent, and, and they have made comments. And if you uh, you know, read up on forums or go to the GitHub where the source code is stored, you can read other people's comments and read enough to trust it. Um, we use uh, the computer uh, uh, randomizer on, on the computers that the software runs. But we also go through and do the research to make sure that the random numbers generated on the various platforms that Armory runs on uh, provides enough entropy. And then we also add a couple of extra layers just in case. So uh, I won't go into the details of it, but even if a particular platform has poor entropy, uh, then just in case we compensate that for adding a couple extra layers on top of that. And so uh, that's that's a protection against this potentially only mental attack. Uh, and in a lot of cases, people don't have any idea how the the wallet software is generating the entropy or whether the developer even took very good uh, precautions to make sure that the entropy was being is being generated in this completely random type of way. 
Yeah. Well, you know, about a year ago, I think it was sometime last year, uh, there was a, a well-known uh, weakness in the Android, a particular Android phone, and there was an attack against that weakness, wherein uh, the attacker used the particular phone to generate millions of Bitcoin private keys, put them in the database, and then tried all those private keys. And he was able to steal Bitcoins from quite a number of Android users who had used the Android, the particular kind of phone, to uh, generate their private key because that phone did not have enough entropy that was a, a, a successful attack. This this attacker's database of private keys matched some uh Android users' private keys, and those users lost their Bitcoins. And that's what happens when you have poor entropy. Man, that's a scary prospect, isn't it? Like, not only could a wallet developer just be negligent or just kind of not fully understand the ramifications of the cryptography and the math, but a really clever wallet developer could actually be malicious and and release a really cool wallet out there that's got features, et cetera. And, but, but there could be a small little, uh, way for them to attack all those private keys through the entropy, for example. And, right. uh, and so it's very important for people to, uh, keep their bitcoins in a very safe, trusted, uh, peer reviewed, uh, open sourced, uh, wallet. Right. So here's the thing. That feature that we don't want to expose to people because they might misuse it, that feature is actually the key to making the most secure secure wallet. Now, certainly, you know, you run our wallet on on any decent computer uh, that we support, then you're fine. But if you really want to prove it to yourself that Bitcoin Armory is not out to steal your Bitcoins because maybe you don't even trust us, the, the way to do it is what I did, which is to generate your own entropy. You can use a deck of cards. You can roll dice. And if, if you're really careful, you're going to do the math yourself and figure out how many dice rolls or how many cards you have to draw to generate enough entropy so nobody's going to have the same private key as you. Now, th- this is really kind of fun. I, I actually uh, I remember when a friend of mine, he had just learned about Bitcoin and he was at our meetup group and this was the first time I met him and he was like, you know, I, I generate my private keys uh, offline with Dice and he's like, I really wish there was a program that did that. And I was like, well, haven't you, <laughs> I was like, haven't you heard of uh, Armory? And he was like, well, no, like what's it do? So I told him about Armory and this was even after I had funded Armory. And the next time I saw him, sure enough, he had written a Python script where he could input his own dice rolls uh, as the entropy. And, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit, and he's actually a developer now over with the Airbits wallet, uh, the mobile wallet for iOS. And he's also contributed some to the Bitcoin core. But I think it's very, very helpful for people to know that... uh, you know, we, we, with Armory, it has been that the feature has been abstracted away so that the, the new user doesn't have to like kind of deal with this much more technical part. But if people want to, they can dig in and generate their own entropy and make sure that their Bitcoins are absolutely safe. 
uh, from that particular attack vector, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, now we we just you know I just hit on another topic, which is this difference between cold storage and hot storage. Uh, but I don't want to get into that in this episode. I just want people to be aware uh, of those terms. Uh, we also have another term uh, called coin control, and this has to do with like the exact bitcoins that you're sending in a transaction, because uh, some of the wallets really kind of uh, jumble that, they, which can be an attack on your privacy, for example. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in a later podcast too. Uh, but like, I wanted to wrap up this particular uh, podcast by just getting into, uh, just scratching the surface on a couple security implications. Uh, one, like what is network security? And two, what is wallet security? And can you talk a little bit about how Bitcoin Core or the Bitcoin QT client focuses on that network security while the Armory wallet focuses on the wallet security? Um, well, as far as the network security, I guess what we're talking about is um, your ability to access the blockchain. How secure is your access to the blockchain? And we uh, we rely on Bitcoin Core for that. So uh, when you use Armory, you're actually accessing the black the blockchain through Bitcoin Core. So we get to take advantage of the uh, Bitcoin Core uh, security features. And uh, something that we don't have to to deal with because that happens through software that already exists. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. Uh, What Armory uh, has uh, innovated in is is securing your wallet, securing your access to your keys. So we let Bitcoin Bitcoin Core secure access to the blockchain information. And Bitcoin Armory secures your access to your private keys. So a good way to kind of analogize this would be uh, your, you know, capture the flag, your flag, that's the private key, that's the secret that you don't want anybody to know. Uh, right. But then the blockchain, that is completely public. And so everybody's got access to that. Uh, but it's still important for you to make sure that you're you've got a correct copy of the blockchain, a blockchain that uh, the distributed network has come to consensus on, uh, because there could be potential attack vectors uh, there uh, also, right? Right. So one of the one of the ways in which people have lost their bitcoins is they've been tricked into sending bitcoins to the wrong address. So. It's uh, that's where the network security comes into play. So rather than trying to steal your private keys, uh, these attackers will feed you bad information about who's got what address, and they'll try to substitute their address for somebody that you are legitimately trying to pay. And that's what um, attacking... Uh, your network security can do for you is, uh, you know, it's basically a man in the middle attack that uh, prevents you uh, from getting accurate information about the state of the Bitcoin network. 
Yeah, and you know that's we're we're probably gonna we're gonna have to have another podcast with probably Jeff Garzik uh, over at BitPay, uh, where we talk a little bit more about all this network security uh, aspects. Um, so there we go. We I think we've got a good overview of what wallets are. We've got public keys. We've got private keys. We we understand that private keys are just a number. Uh, and that's a, that's a number that we have to keep secret, right? Um, mm-hmm. when we generate that private key, we have this concept of entropy, which is the randomness, uh, that we, that we generate that with. Uh, then we have, uh, coin control. So we need to be able to control which particular bitcoins we're sending around. We'll talk about that later. Uh, then cold storage versus hot storage. Uh, because we can we can run Armory and generate all of these private keys, we can do that on a computer that we build with software uh, that we download and verify. Uh, but but on a computer that's never touched the internet, right? That's correct. And that and that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a that's a really big deal because it really makes the attack surface a lot smaller. Uh, and then we got these security implications with the network security and the wallet security. So there we go. There's a, an overview about wallets. The really important part of the wallet, which is the private key, uh, and and that's where our bitcoins are at. And and at the end of the day, somebody has to hold those private keys. And what what uh, Armory does is it makes holding and generating and securing those private keys hopefully as easy as possible and as safe as possible. Uh, so there we go. That's, uh, that's episode 100. And thank you very much, Andy, for uh, being on the, the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, a senior developer at, the, at Armory Technologies, which is developing the Bitcoin Armory wallet. And uh, we're going to be right back on with another episode uh, going a little bit more in depth into some of these areas. So thanks, Andy. Thank you, Trace. Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin Guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate. Consolidate.